You're listening to Into the Fire, a series about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they persevered in their faith despite great adversity. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. So uh, let's get to the message. We are continuing a series that we've been in now. This will be the fourth week called Into the Fire, Into the Fire. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but in this world, you will be tried. In this world, you will be tested. Jesus said in John 16, he said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Many trials and sorrows. Everybody say many Many. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say you were going to have some. He didn't say we were going to have few. He said you were going to have many trials and many troubles right here on earth. This the, or the week before last, I had to buy uh, new tires for my truck. Uh, anybody ever had to buy some tires? Man, uh, if you're not raising your hand, you're either lying or you make tires in your free time as a hobby, and I don't think that's probably the case. Uh, So if you haven't bought tires, man, they are very, very expensive. And I had to get four new tires. And uh, when I got the tires, I called to check on the price, and I even called around, you know, and the cheapest place that I could find the tires that I needed were $800, $800 for four tires, $800. And so I cried literally as I was paying the person uh, to get my new tires. And the girl behind the counter just looked at me and she kind of frowned. And she's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Your tires come with a free tire rotation for the lifetime of the tire. And I thought, oh, that makes everything so much better. $800. $800, man. It was tough. Uh, it was. It hurt. It hurt. It was. I was tried. I was tested. Then this past week, my wife is driving down the road, bebopping down the road. And you know what she does? She hits a pothole. And so uh, it wasn't just. You know. It, I mean, she killed it. She killed the pothole, and the pothole actually killed two of her tires. And so uh, we were going to take it up there to see. Hopefully, they could patch the tires, but they couldn't patch the tires because it was a hole on the sidewall of her tire. So she had to get two new tires. You know how much those tires cost? for two tires, for two tires. Uh, This past Thursday was Amanda's birthday, so you know what she got for her birthday? (laughs) I wrapped up that receipt and said, baby, I love you, $437, here you go. I mean, but you know what I mean? Again, it was hard. It was hard in this world, in this life. We really are going to have troubles. Being an adult is hard. It is. And, you know, just life in general, it's hard. In this world, we're going to have many trials. We're going to have many sorrows. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, in this world, you're literally going to feel like you have been put into the fire. And so how should we live? How should we respond to the troubles of life? How should we respond to the trials of life? How should we respond when we really feel like we're in the fire? That's what this series is about. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at several stories from the book of Daniel. We've been looking at uh, several stories about Daniel and specifically about how, how, he, uh, how he stood in the midst of trials and troubles. Next week, we're going to be talking about a guy named Shadrach, a guy named uh, Meshach, and a guy named Abednego. We're going to look at how they were literally thrown into the fire and how they still responded in God-honoring ways. We're looking at their life so that you and I can hopefully learn how to respond to the trials and troubles of life the same way in God-honoring ways. That's what we want to do. And so today, if I had to give this message a title, it would be Standing Firm. Standing 
firm. And I really believe that this message is going to speak to some people today. I really believe that this message is going to give some people some hope. Uh, I really believe that there are some people right here in this room that you have been praying about some things for quite some time now. You've been praying for things for a very long time, praying and believing, but you haven't been seeing any results. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been praying for your children. You've been praying that your children would start to make the right choices. You've been praying that your children would change and you just haven't seen anything happen. Maybe you've been praying for some sort of financial breakthrough. You've been praying and praying and just haven't seen anything happen yet. Maybe you've been praying for someone who is sick. You've been praying and believing, but you haven't yet seen God do anything. Maybe you've been praying for your marriage. You've been praying for something else. You've been praying about something for some time, praying for God to do something amazing and you still haven't seen any results. If that's you, I really hope that this message ministers to you in some way. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 is where we're going to be this morning. And last week, we talked about Daniel in the lion's den. If you were here, you remember we talked about there are some misconceptions about that story, how uh, it's really become a Sunday school lesson. And when we think about Daniel being thrown into the lion's den, we really think about some guy maybe in his 20s, maybe in his 30s. But the truth of the matter is Daniel was in his 80s when he was thrown into the lion's den. And so this story that we're looking at today uh, in this story, Daniel is even older than that. He's older than that. And Daniel has been standing firm in faith. He's been believing that God would do some miraculous things. Because if you remember, the very first sermon in this series, we talked about a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar. We talked about King Nebi. We talked about how he was so evil, how, how he went and he captured, he captured all of these Israelites, these Israelite males, and he took them back and forced them to serve him. Daniel was one of those guys. We talked about, we talked about how King Nebuchadnezzar, he destroyed the temple and, and how, again, he just, he just devastated everyone around them. And so for decades, Daniel has been praying. Daniel has been praying that God would restore the temple. For decades, he's been, he's been praying that him and his Jewish brothers and sisters who have been captive for so long, that they would be released so that they can go back to their homeland. And there were signs that this actually might happen. It really looked promising. But all of a sudden, Daniel sees a vision from God. And in that vision, that, that vision, it, it, it's, it's so disturbing because the vision is not about a brighter future. The vision that, that Daniel sees is, is not about really, really great things happening. The vision that Daniel sees is about more war more troubles, more trials, more sorrows. He's been praying and praying. And I can't help but think that Daniel's probably like, man, I have been praying for decades. I have been praying for God to step in and do something. I've been praying for God to make things better. I've been praying for things to change and it just isn't happening. Things aren't getting better. In fact, they're fixing to get worse. I, I don't know that I can take this. I can, I can see Daniel kind of saying that because have you ever been there? Have you ever really thought like, man, man, I just don't know that I can take this. I just don't know that I can handle this. I know that I've been there in life. Life sometimes seems to deal us trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. Well, Daniel is having those types of feelings. He is. And so you know what he does? Daniel's having those feelings. You know what he does? He seeks God. He seeks God. He prays. And he doesn't just pray to God one time. He doesn't just pray to God one time, one day. He doesn't just pray to God once. He, he prays to God for 21 days. For 21 days, he seeks 
God, and he goes on a fast. I want you to see what Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 through 3 say. Check this out. It says, when, the, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks, 21 days. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions those three weeks had passed. So you see what Daniel did right there? He, he fasted. He fasted. It means he gave up. He gave up a lot of the things that he likes in life. He didn't, he didn't eat bacon anymore. He stopped stopping by McDonald's. You know what I mean? He, he was no longer drinking caffeine-free Cokes. He, he, he gave up meat and he gave up wine for 21 days. And not only that, but for 21 days, he used no fragrant lotions. Do you know what that means? It means, it, it means that Daniel didn't take a bath for 21 days. No bath, no shower, no deodorant. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? You ever been around somebody? He's like, hey, man, you really need to get a bath. You know what I'm saying? Daniel didn't do anything for 21 days except for seek God. Except for seek God. And at the end of those 21 days, he has this vision of this angelic being. And, and let me just say that we don't really know for sure who this angelic being is, but I'm going to agree with, uh, with a lot of the, the biblical scholars who say that this is probably the pre-incarnate Christ. Just say, man, what in the world is the pre-incarnate Christ? Well, remember this, God existed before the foundation of the world. There has never been a time when God did not, did not exist. He, he didn't begin when the beginning began. He began the beginning. You know what I'm saying? God has always been, and God exists in Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. A mystery that we simply cannot fully explain. Jesus appears in the New Testament in bodily form, in the person of Jesus. But in the Old Testament, there are, there are appearances of the Son. There are appearances of the Son of God. If you want a, a real fancy theolo theological word to use with your friends, if you want to try to impress uh, people, any kind of Old Testament reference or appearance of Christ is, is a word called Christophany. And so you can say that and people are like, oh, they're real smart. You know what I mean? Because people think if you use big words, that's what you are, but not necessarily. Anyway, so look at Daniel chapter 10. Look at Daniel chapter 10. Look what happens in verse 5. Maybe you'll see why I believe that this person is, is Jesus. Check this out. It says, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a pure gold uh, with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face, his face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. That sounds an awful lot like, like the Apostle John, like John the Revelator, like his description of Jesus in Revelation chapter 19. So check this out. His arms and feet, they shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. So when this fellow speaks... It's loud. When he speaks, I mean, everybody should be able to hear this. This man doesn't need a microphone. This man doesn't need a sound system. When he speaks, it literally sounds like thousands and thousands and thousands of people speaking in unison. There is power behind his voice. And so look at verse 7. Only I, Daniel, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing. But they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. Now, it's interesting that Daniel is the only one who sees this happen. Why is that? Why is that? We don't necessarily know for sure, but oftentimes we do know that God might reveal something to someone and not reveal that same thing to someone else. 
We know sometimes God reveals things to some people and doesn't reveal them to other, uh, other folks. And so for those of you who are followers of Christ, I, I can't help but believe that there was probably a time in your life where God really revealed something to you, something that was really powerful. Maybe you were reading your Bible and you came across a verse that you have read a hundred times before, but you are reading it and in that moment, something different happens. Something happens, something unique where that, that verse just really speaks to you in some way and you're like, man, I needed that. That was just for me. God sent this to me. And so you take that verse and you try to share it with a friend and you're like, look at this. Look at what God said. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. Hey, where do you want to go eat lunch? And you're like, no, this is amazing. Don't you understand? Maybe it was something else. Maybe you just sensed God's presence in worship. Maybe even today something happened. There was a moment where you felt God's presence. You were so overwhelmed by that. And you thought, this is amazing. And so you look to the person next to you. You look to the person on the other side of you to see if they felt it too, if they experienced it too. And you look over there and they're looking at their phone, scrolling on Facebook. Facebook, you know what I mean? Or they're just standing there like this and you think, man, what in the world? Did you not feel that? Did you not sense the presence of God? It happens. It happens all the time. Daniel experiences the presence of God, but the people around him don't. They don't. Watch what happens. Look at verse 8, the middle of verse 8. Daniel says, my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale and I felt very weak. Verse 9, then I heard the man speak and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Man, this is amazing. It's amazing. See, I don't know if you know this or not, but God speaks. God speaks. See, it, it, Christianity is not different because you and I pray to God or speak to God. Because if we would really be honest, there are a lot of other religions of this world that do a much better job praying to God than we do. Christianity is not unique because we're able to, to, to talk to God. Christianity is unique because God speaks to us. God speaks to us. He speaks. And there have been times in my life where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has spoken to me. It wasn't like audible, but it was louder than audible. It was on the inside. I knew for a fact that God had spoken to me. See, I remember when God, wanted, when God called me to be a preacher, uh, I, I knew it. I knew it, but I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't want to be a preacher because I thought that preachers, uh, you know, had weird hairdos, and uh, they also had weird, weird, they always talked weird and looked weird, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to be weird. Come on, y'all know that's true. You ever seen like some preachers preaching and they're like, oh, young people, won't you listen to me? You ever heard them say that? Come on now. You're like, what is wrong with that guy? Oh, if you just give your heart to Jesus, right? You're like, man, do they really talk like that? If they go to like El Sombrero and they're like, hey, what you want to drink? Oh, if you just bring me some sweet tea, right? They don't do that. I didn't want to be that guy, you know? And so I was like, man, preachers are weird. They talk weird and they have weird hair. And so God kind of fixed that because my hair is falling out. He's like, <laughs> I'm getting you. But anyway, so, but I mean, I didn't want to be a weirdo. I was like, God, you know, hey, no thanks. I don't want to be weird. And so I was running really from that call. And I remember one day when I was on the run from God. I was at Heinz Community College in Pearl, Mississippi. I was in world literature class, and we were talking about biblical literature, and the teacher was asking all these questions about the Bible, and nobody in the class really wanted to answer the questions. There was only one person, there was one girl who was attempting to answer these questions, and she was getting them all wrong. And so finally, man, the teacher, she was frustrated. You could tell she was frustrated. You could see it on her face. And so she asked this class of about 30 people. She said, who in here is a Christian? 
And me and one other guy in the classroom raised our hands. Two people out of about 30 people raised their hands. And it's in that moment that I heard God clearly tell me, this is why you're supposed to be preaching. This is why. It was real. It happened. And I looked around at the other people because I was like, did they not hear that? It freaked me out. I'm... I'm, I'm going, man, what in the world? You say, pastor, you're crazy. I know I'm crazy, but that was real. It really happened. It really happened. And when I heard the voice of God, it changed my life. It changed everything about me. And my prayer is that some of you today will have that kind of moment where, with God, where God speaks to you, where God gives you what he has just for you. And you leave this place changed because you know you have heard from the living God. I pray that happens today. And so what I want to do for the rest of our time together is I want to point out three things to you that you need to remember. Three things that you need to remember if you really want to stand firm when you don't really see God doing what you're, what you're asking him to do in prayer. Three things I believe will help you. If you're keeping notes, you want to write them down. The first thing is this. I want you to know that God cares about you more than you care about yourself. God cares about you, about you, sorry. God cares about you more than you care about yourself. He does. He does. See, and sometimes that's hard for us to believe. It is. Because how many of you know somebody who like really, really, really loves themselves? Don't point if they're beside you. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, I mean we, know, we know people. But here's what I want you to know. Even for that person who really, really, really loves themselves, God loves them more than that. God loves them more than that. Check out verse 10. This is amazing. It says, just then a hand touched me and lifted me. I love that. This hand touched him and lifted him. It lifted him. See, see, God's hand is never extended to us to condemn us. He extends his hand to us to lift us. I love that about this passage. And so Daniel says, just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Daniel, you are very precious to God. See, that's what somebody in this room this morning needs to hear. God brought you here so that you can know you are very precious to God. You are loved by God. He cares for you. You are valuable. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you more, and there is nothing you can do to make God love you less. He loves you because love is not just something that God does. Love is who God is. 1 John 4, 8 says, He is love. God is love. Again, it's not just something He does. It's something that He is. You are precious to God. And that word precious that's a real deep meaning. Has a significant meaning. See, see, I love a lot of people, but they're not precious to me. Right? You're the same way. Like, my wife is precious to me. My children are precious to me. I got two little girls and a boy on the way. They're precious to me. I love to hug my children. When my children run up and hug me and they want to sit in my lap, 
I love it. They are precious to me. Sadie Kate, my youngest, every morning after she gets ready, she comes to me and she's like, Daddy, will you snuggle with me? And of course, I say, oh, yeah, baby, I'll snuggle with you. It's precious to me. I love that time. They are precious to me. Now, now you, and listen to me, I love you. But if you try to run up and sit in my lap and hug on me, that ain't happening. I love you, but you're not precious to me. You're not. You're not precious to me. I mean, I love you, but it's different. Well, I want you to know today that our good God, our good God, man, he looks with you. He looks at you with the same kind of love and affection that a loving father looks at his own children. You are precious to God. He cares about you. He cares about you even more than you care about yourself. The man tells Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, verse 11, he says, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. So again, if you want to stand firm in your faith, you need to understand that God cares about you more than you care about yourself. And the second thing that I want you to see this morning, and I really love this, is this. If you really want to stand when you don't see things happening around you, you need to understand that God is always doing more than you see. God is always doing more than you can see. Man, this story is about to get crazy. Check this out. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, he says this. Then he said... Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray, from the first moment you started to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Now, now this is wild. Again, this, this is unbelievable. For the person here today, again, for the person here today who's been praying about something and you haven't been seeing any results, I want you to know from the first time you started praying, from the first moment, God heard your prayer. He heard it. If you've got this voice in the, mind, in the back of your mind saying, why bother God anymore? If he was going to do something about my situation, he already would have done it. He doesn't care. It must not be his will. Please listen to me. From the first time you started praying, I want you to know that God heard your cry the first time you started praying for healing for that person. God heard your cry the first time you started praying praying for your marriage, God heard your cry. The first time you prayed for that financial breakthrough, God heard your cry. If you were experiencing something right now and you have prayed about it, I want you to know that God has heard your prayers. Keep praying because he loves the persistent and consistent prayers of his children. The first time you cried out in faith, I'm telling you, God heard your prayer. In verse 13, in verse 13, it gets really cool. I want you to see this, man. Check this out. It says this, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, who is this spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia? Again, we're not totally sure, but most biblical scholars are going to say that this is some sort of demonic force, okay? Uh, if you know anything about Satan, you know that uh, Satan at one time used to be in heaven, right? His name was Lucifer. He was the worship pastor. He led everybody. He led all the angels in worship to God, but he got jealous of God. 
He got jealous of God, and he actually wanted to be worshipped as God, and so he rebelled against God, Lucifer, and a third of the angels. And so there's this battle that wages, and God casts them down out of heaven. These demonic forces are fallen angels, and the Bible certainly teaches that all around us, all around us, there is this spiritual Realm. Don't you ever believe that just the physical realm is all there really is out there? And so for 21 days, Daniel has prayed. Christ was do- and as he prays, prayed, Christ was, was doing battle in the heavenly realms against this evil force. Then Michael, one of the archangels, finally comes, and Jesus or Christ is like, hey man, I need you to take care of this because I've got to go to Daniel as an answer to his prayer. And here's what really encourages me about this. Here's what really encourages me. Think about this. Daniel had been praying. And the first day he prayed, what did he see? Nothing. So he prays another day. What's he see? Nothing. He prays another day. What does he see? Nothing. For 21 long days, he's praying, he's praying, and he doesn't see anything. But just because he didn't see anything doesn't mean that God wasn't doing something. There was a war that was being waged in the heavenly realm. Somebody here needs to know, you know what? You might not have seen God work so far in that prayer request that you've been mentioning to him. But I want you to know that just because you haven't seen it working out yet doesn't mean that God is not doing something. The first time you cried out to heaven, God heard your prayer and he released his angels and they are doing warfare for you in a way that you don't even understand. So you keep praying, you keep believing because God cares about you and the kingdom of light will defeat the kingdom of darkness. I promise you. So we need to understand that God cares about us more than we care about ourselves. The second thing that I wanted you to see is that God is always doing more than we can see. And the third thing Finally, I want you to see is this. God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. God's strength is made perfect in your weakness. How many of you have ever lifted weights? A couple of us? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of us. Uh, I remember in high school, I remember in high school, Lifting, lifting weights with some of my friends, and we'd be doing bench presses. Y'all know what bench presses are, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when you're bench pressing, you're supposed to have somebody with you to help you. What are they called? Spotter. That's right. You need a spotter. Why? So that when, you know, you need some help, they're there to help you, right? Because we've all seen, like, videos on America's Funniest Home Videos and stuff of that person who's bench pressing on by themselves, you know what I mean? And they're bench pressing, and then they get to the point to where they can't do it anymore, and then that bar's down there on their neck, and they're about to choke to death and die to death, or die to death, that would be weird, it's totally too nice. But anyway, so, so they're wiggling around with that, with that weight, you know what I'm saying? And when they start wiggling, what happens here? These weights fall off, and then these weights fall off. It's just a mess, right? You need somebody there when you're working out. You need somebody when you get to the end of your strength to take over for you. Someone to take the weight off of you. Some of you, I know right now, you're at the end of your strength. You are. And let me tell you that that's when you're the strongest. That's when you are the strongest because it's not your own power. It's not your own power. It's when you are weak that his strength becomes most evident in your life. Listen, until until you embrace your weakness, 
Until you embrace your weakness, you'll, you'll never appreciate and experience the strength of God. When you recognize, hey, you know what? I've prayed. I've, I, physically, I physically don't have any more strength to make it through this. I am at the end of myself. That's, that's when his power will become the most real in your life. And so until you fully embrace your weakness, you'll never fully understand his strength. And so look at verse 17. Daniel, Daniel is, is praying. He says this, my strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. Does that sound familiar to anybody in this room? Man, my strength is gone. My strength is gone. I've been fighting for so long. I'm at the end of myself. I've been fighting for so long. My strength is gone. Look what he says, verse 18. Then the one who looked like a man touched me. He what? He touched him. He touched him. And when he touched him, what does the Bible say? And I felt my strength returning. Some of you in this room, this is your word. This is what you need. One touch from God. One touch and your strength can return. One touch and you can come back to Christ. One touch and you can start believing God again for that thing that you stopped believing him for so long ago. One touch. One touch, one touch, and your strength is returning. The Bible says this in verse 19. Look at what this man says. Don't be afraid, for you are very precious to God. He's repeating what he's already said. Because in case you missed it, he wants you to know you are precious. Again, somebody in this room, you are precious. In case you missed it, you are precious to God. And so he says, peace, be encouraged, be strong. The man said, be strong, keep standing in faith. Because the first time you prayed that prayer, God heard your prayer. He cares about you more than you care about yourself. And he's doing more than you can see. Be encouraged, be strong today. Continue to stand because just, just because you don't see anything happening around you, it doesn't mean that God's not doing something. He's doing something. You are precious to him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But I can't help but believe that there's somebody here this morning You've been discouraged. You've been to the point to where you don't think you can make it anymore. You're at the point just like Daniel was. He couldn't even breathe. And you need God to touch you. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. And so I'm going to ask that you lift your hand if that's you. You're going through something and you say, God, touch me. I need my strength. I need your strength. Hands everywhere. Amen. You can put them down. What about this? I wonder if there's somebody here today who knows that they need to give their life to Christ. Maybe they've made a lot of mistakes and they've, 
They, they haven't really felt like they were very lovable by God. Why would God love me? Why would God die for me? He brought you here today so that you could know that you are precious to him. And he wants you to give him your heart. He wants, him, he wants you to give him your life. And if you're here today and you know that you need to be saved, I want to pray with you. And so right where you are, I'm just going to ask, if that's you, that you lift your hand, you know you need to be saved today. Amen. 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 If that's you, I'm going to ask that you just repeat after me. Father, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I didn't deserve it, but you loved me so much that you laid down your life for me. Forgive me of my sins. It's Pentecost Sunday, Father. May your Holy Spirit fill me right now and make me in to a new person so that when I leave this place, people will know there's something different about me. And what's different about me is you living in me. My life is yours. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for saving me. Father, I also want to just pray for each and every person in this room who raised their hand, saying that they felt like they were at the end of themselves. Father, your Holy Spirit comes upon us to give us power. And so I pray today that we would have the power to continue to move forward, to continue to stand strong. Father, be our spotter. Help us today. You are, you are a great God who loves us so much. And so I pray, Jesus. Lord, that you would just strengthen us. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.